In this episode, I'll talk about problems and problem solving, but probably not in a way you've heard before. So this episode is for everyone because everyone is going to experience problems. It's simply a part of life and for sure a part of having a life with horses. So here we go. Episode 97, Problems. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. My students often tell me how happy they are to know that I also have problems. Well, of course I do. Things do not always go the way I plan. And that doesn't mean I'm doing anything wrong. It just means I'm doing life. In life, you do stuff, some of it works, some of it doesn't, and you adjust. And for sure with horses, things don't always go according to plan. And to be perfectly honest, sometimes I do a little pouting before I adjust. (laughs) Sometimes I stomp my feet a bit before I adjust. But in the end, you just have to adjust. Now, a lot of things that I learned about problems or how I think about problems, I learned from uh, meditation. And when I first started to meditate, I always thought the goal was to have no thoughts, (laughs) like that I'm not meditating unless I have no thoughts. Anybody who's tried meditating is probably laughing right now because (laughs) maybe you've experienced the same thing. But when I first would sit down to do it, I thought, well, if I, if I had a thought, I was doing it wrong and I was failing meditation. And then I started to realize that the goal of meditation is not really to have no thoughts. Instead, it is a practice. It's the active practice of noticing the thoughts without judgment and gently guiding your attention back to the present moment. So Meditation was the practice of doing that. And we have to practice because of course we're going to be having thoughts. So that's kind of the way I try to look at having quote unquote problems. It's the same thing. It's not about not having problems. It's about what we do when things aren't going as we wished, when those problems float in (laughs) and we gently guide them away. So if you are having problems with your horse, it it doesn't mean that you and your horse are failing. It just means you're doing stuff. Now, before I talk about solving problems, I have to talk about the fact that sometimes, perhaps even often, or more than often, we are actually causing the problem. (gasps) Cue gasp. And even when we aren't causing the problems, the problems are easily compounded simply by what we are bringing to the problem that arose. So we're enhancing the problem. But how do we know 
if we're adding to the problem. I mean, when problems show up, it's so easy to find the blame somewhere else. That person did it. That horse did it. That thing came in and did it. I mean, obviously that person messed up or I wouldn't be having the problem. <laughs> Anybody ever feel thoughts like that? <laughs> and I also, for this episode, I don't want to think so much about getting into the far end of the problem solving. I want to talk about the very beginning of it. So I actually thought of a little experiment that I could do right here on the pod. And it goes like this. In a second, I'm going to... Okay, so that was really weird, wasn't it? There was just silence on my podcast for one whole minute. Actually, it was a little less than a minute. But it was just a minute or a little less. So if you're still here listening, then I'm really impressed because I'm willing to bet that some people aren't. And I'm willing to bet I'm going to get some emails. <laughs> I'm probably going to get a lot of emails of people saying, hey, <laughs> episode 97 is broken. So what was that like for you? I'm wondering what you guys did there. Did you start playing with the volume knob? Did you like disconnect anything on your phone and then plug it back in again? Did you find yourself getting a little impatient or maybe annoyed? Probably confused because <laughs> that was weird. Or did you just wait patiently with curiosity to see what would happen next? Did you say, oh, well, that's broken and change to a different podcast? I mean, I guess not if you're listening to this, but I bet some people did. So in that silence you get a window into maybe how you deal with problems in general. And of course, we're all going to be different on different days and different situations. So what made me think of doing this? What made me think of going radio silent for a whole minute on my podcast? Well, I recently heard about a composer named John Cage who created a piece and he named the piece 433. And in this piece, he sits down at the piano on the stage, and then he doesn't play a single note for four minutes and 33 seconds. 
<laughs> Awkward. <laughs> now, he described the piece as an absence of intended sounds. And so what would happen is people would sit there. They came to, they came for a concert. <laughs> Can you imagine? You know, I just went silent on my podcast for less than a minute. And he walks out to an audience full of people, a grand piano on the stage, sits down and does nothing for four minutes and 33 seconds. So what happened is you could start to hear the sounds that were already around that probably nobody was paying attention to. But in this very special silence, this problem, <laughs> they could start to hear all the ambient noises. Somebody wrote about it. Um, they said that it gradually became clear to the discerning that the work was intended to help the audience discover the impossibility of actual science, silence in life. So there's always more going on than what was initially noticed. So where in the beginning, people would be like, nothing's happening. There's no sounds, but there actually was quite a lot going on. Now in John Cage's performance, <laughs> those are air quotes around that, uh, many people in the audience got angry. Many started complaining. Some left in a huff and some stayed and listened and found an experience in that experience or an experience inside that problem. And so what this just made me think of was, you know, thinking of the audience sitting there and having all those reactions to nothing. <laughs> but there was this expectation of a certain thing. And then when that expectation wasn't met, when there was a problem, how did they handle it? And I'm sure there was just a wide range of things going on in those people's heads. So it just made me, it made me think about how do we deal in general with, with problems that show up and that there's these choices. There's an audience, a packed audience full of choices. <laughs> we could be the person who gets angry in a huff and walks out. And we could be the person sitting there with great curiosity to see what's really going on in this moment. And maybe there are things to notice that we hadn't noticed before that were there the whole time that we could then appreciate. So as always in life and with horses, rarely is there a right or a wrong, but when it comes to problems, I think often my first choice has learned, I've learned to make this my first choice is to kind of stop, slow down, be silent and kind of just drop in and wait and see what's really going on right here in this moment. And we have to give this moment some space so that we can see all the things that are going on. We can hear all of the, uh, all the intended sounds, right? All the stuff that's going on in the background that maybe we didn't notice the first time around. The things we didn't initially notice in this moment. And so there we drop in and then we can observe ourselves and what's happening and we can have some time to decide and to play with it. 
So other ways that I think problems become amplified is when we do things like imagine the bigger problems in the future, right? So a problem comes up and we go, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this. <laughs> Has anyone, anyone's brain ever tell them that? You make, you try something a couple times, it keeps messing up and your brain's like, well, that's, you're never going to be able to do that. <laughs> Not helpful. So imagining bigger problems in the future, we amplify the problem that's happening now. Another way that we amplify problems is making generalizations. You know, oh, chestnut mares. <laughs> that is so not helpful, right? Geldings, they're so stupid. Whatever it is, if you find yourself making a generalization, chances are it's not going to be helpful problem solving. You're going to make the problem bigger. Another way we amplify problems are when we use the past to prove that we're failures. So not only will I never be able to do this, well, I've never been, a, I've never ever been good at this, <laughs> right? So I've never been good at this. And so I will never be good at this. Definitely makes the problem bigger. And another way that we amplify problems is blame. So I mentioned that before. Really, I've learned to really watch myself and I don't consider myself a blamey person. I'm pretty full of self-responsibility, you know, and, uh, but I can still catch myself doing it in certain circumstances. A problem shows up and right away my brain's like, ha ha, I can blame it on that person or that thing or that whatever. And it's not conscious. It happens so fast and I'll even observe it. I'm like, oh, that was interesting. <laughs> but you got to catch yourself. And that's, an, again, that moment to just pause, drop in, give it space. Let yourself sit there in the theater with a grand piano and nobody's playing. And just see what else you notice. And catch yourself not going to these, um, making the, imagining the future problems, generalizations, using the past to prove <laughs> how bad you are at something and blaming. All of these things take us out of the moment we're in where we actually might be able to do something about what's going on, where we can actually make an adjustment. So what is a problem anyway? You guys know me. If you've listened, I love to Google definitions. So I Googled problem. And one definition of a problem is a matter or situation regarded as unwelcome or harmful and needing to be dealt with and overcome. Probably a familiar, <laughs> reasonable definition of a problem, but there's another definition of problem and it's this. A problem is a question raised for inquiry, consideration, or solution. I love that. Or solution. Some problems don't need solutions because they're just stuff that happens. So when something happens that you might define as a problem, we've got a choice. We can concentrate on the first definition, the unwelcome part <laughs> needs to be overcome and dealt with. And sometimes we need to, or we can concentrate on the inquiry. <laughs> it's a race for consideration. 
<laughs> Use that next time something goes wrong with yours. Thank you, horse, for raising that for consideration. Oh, my my kitty cat singing in the background. I don't know if you can hear her. <laughs> so one of the most important things to determine is if we can't do anything about whatever it is that's going on that we call a problem. And if we can't do anything about it, then, you know, it's the, it's raised for consideration, but not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have a solution. It's not, it's just, it's just then a thing that happened. And the answer is to relax into it, to accept it in a way. As Michael Singer would say, we surrender to the moment that's unfolding in front of us. And so where I think there are some problems where we have to maybe have some like lightning fast reflexes to deal with it, right? For safety and things like that. But I think even in those moments, even in those kinds of problems that need those kinds of solutions, those lightning fast reflexes have to happen from us in a state of being really present, right? We have to be really there so we know how to respond and to have the best result. And even if we have to have a lightning reflex, maybe we need to do something, we need to block something, and we need to shut something down so, so we all, you know, survive. And then immediately after that, we need to settle in, relax, drop into the moment again, and see where are we right now? So <laughs> have you picked up on the theme? Problems, relax. Problems drop in, give it some space. And you might be thinking of like, well, what are some examples of problems that I can't, you know, do anything about and I just have to deal with it? Well, an everyday life example of that would be something like the weather <laughs> or the guy driving excruciatingly slow in front of you in a no passing zone. So those things definitely will present themselves. And if your horse is giving you the equivalent of one of those kind of problems, you're also going to have to just relax into it. And I know that there's a lot of, you know, talk in the horse world about, you know, problems and how to solve it and what's the technique and what you should and shouldn't let your horse get away with. And you can't let them do that. And there's just a lot of talk like that. And yes, we have to have some healthy boundaries for sure. I don't, I'm not condoning you. Just let your horse do whatever he wants and walk all over you. We need boundaries and rules for sure. But I think there's um, plenty of times that our horses are just kind of doing stuff and we can't actually change it and we need to just relax into it. So regardless, one of the most important steps in solving problems is to be in control of our own attitudes when the problems arise. I know that sounds like a cliche, <laughs> but it's true. Honestly, it, at least that's what life has taught me over and over and over again. And so what's the technique for that? I think everybody is going to be really, um, you've got to find your personal technique for that. You know, for me, 
I do my best to, you know, the drop in is the, is the phrase that resonates with me because that's what it feels like, like in my body, if I'm doing something and something happens, you know, even things that happen like fast, you know, my horse spooks or my horse does something or, you know, something like that. That's like a surprising problem. Those are the challenging ones, the, the, the surprise, you know, those problems, um, you know, that that's what it feels like in me is like, I literally feel my center drop when I'm, you know, at my best self, when I'm not at my best self, I get up in my head, I get angry. Yeah, I know it happens even to me, you know, but I'll feel my energy go up in that way. I feel like I'm in my head. I feel like I'm saying things. I feel like I'm, you know, thinking too much and I'm, I'm going to be late if I'm thinking. So I just drop in, boom, get grounded. And then for me, um, I tend to use humor. I have a humor reflex (laughs) and, you know, I know some people laugh when they're nervous and that's true. So I have a little bit of that reflex, but I use it, um, not to avoid, but I'll use it to, um, to kind of break the tension. So I use lightness to break the tightness, (laughs) quote that, right? So, and it's just, it's not something I think of. It's just something I've always done and it works for me. You know, so I'll, I'll, I'll tend to like drop in and then like say something humorous about it or find something to laugh at. Um, even if it's self-deprecating, at least it's a little humor, a little levity. And I just find it like breaks the cycle. Now I'm here and now I can start to figure out what I'm going to do next. Now I know some problems are not funny at all. And there's times when, especially if there's other people around that are also experiencing the problem, they will not appreciate that kind of humor. So you have to be, you know, I have to be a little bit mindful. I can do it with myself, but you know, you don't want to crack a joke at the wrong time. (laughs) But so in that case, just, just ground, just drop in and breathe. That's what I do for me. Take a breath and see. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are gonna be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one-week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. And one of the, the things that made me think of doing this subject was recently I had um, two of my horses out online, uh, Teo and Atomic. 
and they're kind of hilarious together. They're both <laughs> a little bit of, you know, quote unquote, problem children. They're both sensitive and think a little differently and unpredictably, but in very different ways from each other. But I've been playing with them online together. <laughs> nice little challenge for myself. Um, they actually now are quite good buds. Uh, and it's been going fairly well, but uh, I had them both out in the open. They were online and I had them both cantering circles around me. So at the same time, just one right after the other, they were following each other. And then <laughs> at some point, uh, let's see, Atomic was in the front and Teo was following. And then Teo spooked and spun and went the other direction. So he spun around 180 and started cantering the other direction. Now that spooked Atomic, who ran in the direction he was already going even faster. <laughs> so this is all happening really fast, but you know, it was really a mess. So I'm seeing them, they're like, both are, it's not even cantering. They both like took off now in opposite directions, heading towards behind me. And I'm thinking, okay, this is not going to work out well for my shoulders. <laughs> so I kind of hunkered down. I locked my arms at my side. So I didn't rip my shoulders out of the sockets. And I just kind of like did a power position. <laughs> and, you know, it was like, well, something's going to happen when they get on the other side. And uh, they kind of hit the lines. And I turned around just in time to see them both rearing and, you know, rearing and striking around. And then they landed and I just went, hey, <laughs> Like, that's all I could think of to do is I just yelled, hey, and they both stopped and looked at me with those big, cute, innocent eyes. And they were licking and chewing and they thought they were, you know, looking so handsome and cute and very impressed with themselves. And they're just standing there. So um, the problem was over. It was a huge mess. And I realized it could have been a lot worse because, well, number one, because of my shoulders. Number two, because I looked down and I saw that the ends of the ropes were kind of tangled in each other, very near my feet. And I thought, oh, <laughs> that, might have, that might not have been so good. Uh, but in this moment, everybody was fine. They were standing still. They were super cash. <laughs> They were relaxed now, uh, and I, my shoulders were not ripped out of my sockets, and I did not get tangled up in my feet. So I just laughed, and I looked at them, and I said, well, we got the beginning of our comedy routine, right? So that was my, just what came out of my mouth. That was my lightness to break the tightness. And I took a big breath, and I coiled up my lines, and I started again, slowly, with a different plan, <laughs> maybe not cantering. <laughs> but in that moment, you know, there's no need to punish. But what if I let myself get mad? What if I let myself, you know, yeah, was it scary in that moment? There was like two seconds of like, oh boy, <laughs> that was scary. I could see like, this isn't going to work here. This is going to go bad here. What if I started fighting them? Would things have gotten better? No, but I stopped, take a breath, let there be some silence. And in that silence, I could notice, okay, what are they doing now? Actually, right now, they're looking at me with really cute faces, <laughs> right? They're just standing there. Their heads are down. They're looking and chewing. I'm fine. 
So I can do that with horses. I'd say most of the time I'd have to be having a pretty bad day to not have that kind of response. But for sure, I am not perfect at problems, problem dealing. (laughs) For example, when there's problems with a computer, I have to actually work really hard not to act like a crazy lady. But when I'm at my best self, I realize that every moment is a moment to practice being better so I can form the behavioral habits that I want for my horses. And yes, the people around me appreciate that too. And I think this is how horses make me a better person. When I behave around my computer and other people, as well as I behave when I'm around my horses, then any problem in life just becomes a question raised for inquiry, consideration, or solution. So your homework is to notice how you respond to problems in general and in different circumstances with your horse, in life. And then see if you can take your best self from your horse experience and bring it to other areas of your life. And then take your best self from life and bring it to your horse. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.